Balloon Talk, the second edition. Honestly, I did not think I would be doing another Balloon Talk, but you know what? Here we are, Valentine's Day evening. Uh, neither Will or I have a date tonight, and um, we may be facing an alien invasion. So, you know, what better time to record a podcast? Oh my God, where to start? All right, let's do that. Let's do first object first. Um, what more have we learned about the Chinese spy balloon? Yeah, so, um, I mean, a lot of, a lot of uh, information has come out since, uh, since we previously spoke. Um, so this is, this is a very, very big uh, balloon. When, when we were first talking, I don't, I don't think pictures of it had emerged yet. Um, and, and this thing was you know, pretty massive. I mean, they said the size of a regional airliner, uh, or three buses, um, they said in excess of, of 2,000 pounds. Um, and it was flying at around uh, 60,000 feet, which is which is actually kind of at the low end of the spectrum for, for a high-altitude balloon. They, they can go much, much higher than that. Um, and, uh, and so it, th- that is one of kind of the weird things that was surprising to me is that it didn't seem to have any sort of uh, there, there's like no way that Chinese could have thought that that this would stay hidden, right? I mean, you fly this over Montana, like we're gonna notice people. People are taking pictures of of it with their cell phones. Um, and the other issue thing they've said is that it was uh, equipped with a with propellers and a rudder for uh, control. So you know, the last time I was talking about how you know there is. Um, you know the technology to to for these things to work without needing any sort of onboard propulsion, but in in this case, they it, that appears to have not been the case. That they're using kind of more uh, crude methods to to steer this balloon. Um, you know, it, it it may just be that that there is indeed a balloon gap, and it and it favors the United States. That they just don't have like the technology that um, that companies here are working with. Um, or, or it could also, you know, another theory I have is just because it, it's such a large payload that they couldn't, you know, uh, payload uh, decreases with altitude. So they might not have just been able to have it kind of go moving up and down to uh, catch winds. Um, and uh, it's, it's a signals intelligence balloon as well uh, is, is one thing is another thing that's been uh, confirmed by um, uh, by the U.S. government. They've it, it, meaning it would it would collect um you know, radar communication signals, that sort of thing, and and that's something definitely where where a balloon uh, could be quite useful, even even compared to satellites. Um, you know, you're within atmosphere, you're below the ionosphere, the ionosphere uh, kind of refracts these signals, and um, and that that you know possibly could have been why it was it wasn't uh, meant to be. Um, you know, uh, inconspicuous in any way. It might have it might have been kind of designed to provoke some sort of reaction um, and and gather intelligence that way. Um, or you know, another another theory is that um, though I find it a little less likely that that it re- it really did malfunction and it was kind of designed to uh, kind of do this from maybe like just outside U.S. airspace. The United States does does something similar where where we'll fly. Um, aircraft near China, not over China, but kind of near it to collect this kind of stuff. Um, although I do find that one a little less likely, given given that it didn't have very. Yeah, I mean, this uh, is this is really one of the mysteries, right? Is like this thing is so big that um, you know you have to imagine. You know, there's been all this stuff like the Biden administration says, yeah, we saw Trump ones. Um, you know, we 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 look back at our data and saw that there were Trump. Uh, overflights. I can't imagine 
that those ones were as big as this um, because it doesn't seem plausible that something of this size and magnitude would not have just been spy. I mean, there are lots of Americans like people look up um, on occasion. Yeah, pa paint it, paint it blue for Christ's sake. I mean, come on, like. Or yeah, you know, I mean, there's there's things you can do in order that would make even even a large object, you know, like you know, kind of what we do with like a B twenty one or an F thirty five. Uh, there are things you can do to make it um, so that, you know, it would be difficult to detect on radar. Uh, this didn't seem to do any of that. Let's go one level more in depth about what a balloon signals intelligence balloon could do. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, full disclosure, I'm not an expert on uh, signals intelligence, but um, but it's definitely it's it's, you know, kind of understanding what kind of the electronic emissions uh, of your opponent is something that's extremely valuable um, in when it comes to kind of warfare and it comes to intelligence collection. I mean, you want to know about, you know, what their radars are like, what their communications are like, you know, you, you, you can do things, um, you know, if you want to jam them, for example, it's, it's good to have this kind of information ahead of time. Um, Again, why would you why would you send it on a balloon? I think this is this really is one of those areas where balloons, you know, would have uh, certain advantages over satellites. Again, just being closer, just being inside, it, you know, inside the atmosphere. Like I said, the ionosphere. It's it's kind of this part of the upper atmosphere that's been ionized by solar radiation, and that does like kind of refract these signals a little bit. So I think that's you know that was in one of the papers that where I was reading about this kind of suggested that like this is where balloons would have an advantage and i believe they were referring to some like kind of uh test or like demonstration that they did in field exercises where you know something like 80 percent of their uh of their signals intelligence were coming from uh from balloons they, they said they were you know quite effective at that so um and then on top of that again if if people uh if if we see it um and if you're doing things, if you're firing radars at them, if you send up an F-22 and the F-22 is like using its radar on the balloon, then it can learn things about about uh, the F-22's radar. Uh, in this case, uh, you know, the, the Pentagon is saying they said they, they took measures to kind of mitigate whatever uh, intelligence they could have gotten from it. But uh, it's, it's absolutely something where, you know, depending on, on how disciplined yeah, I mean, we were on our end, about uh, they could have like, learned a lot. How much... So. The U.S. government already knew about all this and was sort of tracking and focused on it. And then all of a sudden, a Chinese balloon blows off course across the middle of America and it can no longer be this, you know, counter espionage like uh, sophisticated thing. And like you just got to, you know, deal with it and it becomes a national news story um, or, um, you know, they just get really surprised and all of a sudden, um uh, all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're looking back at past records and whatnot. And, you know, I, I think sort of exhibit one to uh, the second theory of this not necessarily being something that the U.S. government was tracking is all these other things that America has decided to shoot down over the past uh, over the past 72 hours. Um, well, what the hell's going on with that? Yeah. So, um, I mean, one thing, I mean, to your, to your earlier point, I mean, apparently this stuff has been happening for a while. There are at least, uh, three instances in the Trump administration that we didn't know about at the time. And then we kind of found out through intelligence later. So, you know, when talking about 
in terms of, you know, difficulty to detect, they can be made, you know, a lot harder to detect it as as evidenced by this. But apparently, you know, the U.S. has has gotten better um, at tracking these things. There's reporting that um, that the uh, intelligence community has developed some way mm. of kind of tracking them, but only got it within the last year. Um, and then also uh, NORAD has um, it's, it's also been reported and this was confirmed yesterday that NORAD has has adjusted kind of the filters on their on their radars to kind of make to kind of like so that that the computer doesn't filter out things that like it wouldn't necessarily, you know, that they, that they might not have uh, might have kind of gone unnoticed now. So as it's a. I just love the idea of there being a dial and they're just like, oh man, these are all just seagulls. Like, don't, don't give me extra work. And now, and now they turn it down and all of a sudden there are all these spy balloons that show up, but there's still someone that has to go through and like, not, and like, you know, cross out the seagulls. Yeah. And there's, um, <laughs> there's been, I mean, again, just three, three shoot downs happened in as many days. And, uh, you know, the, 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 um, NORAD and, and the U.S. government, they've been they've been careful to not call them balloons. They've been they've been repeatedly calling them objects. Um, the way they're describing them sounds sounds a lot like balloons. I mean, they're saying things like they they don't see any propulsion and it's floating and like all this other stuff that where I'm just like, OK, that that sounds a lot like a, a balloon, guys. Uh, but they're at least, and, and I think uh, Chuck Schumer also said it's. It was said that they're like they're probably balloons, and he'd he'd be getting like you know, uh, getting information that that isn't public on. He he would be. Uh, I, I'm sure he's been briefed on this. So um, I I think I think these probably are. I mean I I'd be willing to bet that they are, but uh, but but they also haven't been recovered yet. So I think it, it and they're out, out in like. We've got people out in like Alaska, search and in northern Canada, searching for them, and so so it may be a little while before before they actually confirm uh, that that these are balloons or, or what they are. So, so man made, you're on team man made. Well, oh yeah, I, I think uh, um, I think this probably probably is not aliens. Um, okay, um, but if it is, they showed they showed a hell of a time to to show up. So. <laughs> Um, I mean, three body problem, man. Maybe, maybe it's just like the ETO trying to throw us off the tracks. So what's your hypothesis that sort of NORAD turned down the filters on what to look for and all of a sudden found all this, all these other things in the past few days? Yeah. I mean, uh, so, so, I mean, one thing to, to know right off the bat, we don't, even assuming they are balloon, we don't know where they're from. We don't know if they're Chinese or, or, you know, it, it could possibly be Russians or, or, you know, someone, someone else. I mean, there's a recent article talking about like the Russian, uh, you know, the Russians having their own balloon capabilities. Um, so I think I have kind of three um, hypotheses on this one. Uh, number one is that they are, is that this is just a very routine thing that like this stuff kind of happens like all the time. And we just, again, we just kind of turned down the radar uh, sensitivity and then suddenly they all kind of showed up and then we started shooting them down. Um, so by uh, another wait, theory, wait, by, by, by uh, a normal thing, jet shooting down stuff is not a normal thing, but stuff flying over America and no, not but it's like stuff okay. flying over. Right. Um, like if the Chinese are sending like spy balloons, like every, you know, several times a week before, and then, and then we just, it just like kind of went under our nose. And then now, 
you know, now that they're we're actually looking for it, we're just kind of like, oh my god, there's all these balloons, and then and then we're saying shoot them down too, uh, where we might not have before. Um, the other the other uh, hypothesis I have is that the uh, is that the Russian uh, sorry that the Chinese are are kind of like trying to probe our our defenses, kind of that they may have sent additional ones kind of seeing like what would get through mm-hmm. you know like if there's certain like air like vectors that like might you know that might not be well covered or or you know if they send something again the the at least the first object that was um or or i should say it's the second object that the one that was shot down you know um in alaska kind of the week after uh the initial uh shoot down um that one they described as smaller um, as like the size of a small car, they said it's kind of like lower signature. Um, the most recent one they shot down uh, over over Lake Huron, um, they actually did lose track of it for a little bit. There had been like you know they had been tracking it over like Montana, and then at at one point, um, you know they were unable to they they were unable to locate it for a time, and then they picked it up again over over Lake Huron. That's why they you know that's why they shot it down there and not not um, somewhere else. Um, so that's that's theory two, and then and then my third kind of uh, hypothesis on this is that this was is that the Chinese kind of looked. At, this is something that's kind of worried might happen after the political response. They kind of looked at this and they said, "Oh, this would be a good way, you know, to kind of get the U.S. to waste air-to-air missiles, and then you know you have to fly flight hours. I mean, each each one of these uh, these shootdowns are involving like multiple planes at a time." It's expensive to fly these planes. Uh, they, you know, they they have certain like kind of limited. The airframes have like only a certain amount of hours that they can fly um, before they start having truck structural issues. Uh, I don't. That one I think is kind probably kind of the least plausible yeah. at this point, just given that we've gone a couple days without another one, and, and you would have to send quite a few over a long period of time for for it to kind of have a real effect on on uh, the u.s air force right now it's just kind of target practice so um i i think i think that's it's i i think more likely it is it is either just kind of routine surveillance uh being discovered now or or some some attempt to kind of see uh to to test our our balloon defense yeah i mean that strikes me as particularly far-fetched just given that you know from a sort of diplomatic standpoint the chinese government really over the past few months has been reaching out and trying to play nice and you know reset relations or whatever um so to have like a a rogue corner of the pla like be um you know do do a whole um you know balloon armada to sort of a blow up the the you know sort of completely change the trajectory of u.s china relations and like you know waste missiles in preparation for an invasion of Taiwan sounds like pretty out there stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, when I, when I first suggested the idea, talked about the idea that I could do, I, I said, I, I think it would require us China relations to get even worse than, than it is now. If, if not like an outright war. Um, but this episode is brought to you by Shopify, whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 
Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. That is a, that is a scenario you do, I think you do have to consider, like if there is, if there is a Taiwan war or something like that. You do, you do want to think about the potential for, for this to become kind of like a cost-imposing strategy where it's like they send balloons that cost like $100,000 and we shoot $400,000 missiles at it. Yep. Um, let's do a NORAD primer. So NORAD is, uh, is, it's, it stands for North American Aerospace uh, Defense Command. It is it is a kind of joint work U.S. Uh, Canada um, organization where you know the two countries kind of work together to kind of um, you know detect and uh, and uh, any sort of kind of objects coming into either country's airspace that that we don't that we don't want to um, and if necessary you know defend against it. it. It's really I mean more you know I mean it kind of started during the Cold War uh, to, to defend against, you know, Soviet bombers or missiles that might be coming like, you know, down to uh, down to nuke the United States. And and, you know, the reason Canada is such an important part of this is because if you were to like fire, you know, like an ICBM at the at, at uh, D.C. or New York or something like that, it would go over Canada uh, on the way over. Um, so. Um, you know, this is, I mean, so, you know, people were kind of asking, you know, why is, why do like the Canadian, you know, why did you have like American fighters shooting down, um, you know, this, uh, this, this, uh, one of the objects that was over Canada. It's like, well, just because like, this is, this is very much like a U.S. Canada, uh, thing. And, um, and yeah, I mean, they have like fighter jets and stuff, uh, stationed across bases, um, across, across like the Northern territories. And in this case, uh, with, with this, um, with the uh, with one of the objects that was shot down by the F twenty two over Canada, it, it, looking at the map, it looked like the F twenty two bases were just a little closer than than where the Canadian fighter jets were. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's a it's a, it's a it's a, they're they're a, they're a pretty important organization, and uh, and I think I think their uh, importance might be might be going up um, a little bit. So probably probably not a bad time for their budget. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how you how you bet long NORAD, but um, uh, seems seems fair enough. Um, uh, Will any other angles to this we haven't gotten to today of new developments? Um, you know, I was I was talking about how they're they're harder to shoot down than you think, um, but um, in in most of the cases they've managed to to do it in one shot um, using using these missiles these. Uh, Short range air to air missiles, the AIM 9X, which is which is a quite which is a very advanced missile. Um, you know, previous instance uh, that I was talking about a lot, they they used uh, guns to try to bring it down, and and it, it just took forever. To it took like six days before it finally came down. Try to spite a shooting. I th- th- this time they said uh, they 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 used they wanted to get it done quickly. They used a missile. Um, the the commander of NORAD said he wasn't even sure if it was going to work, but it worked pretty well the aim 9x has a good has a very very advanced uh uh, guidance system people call it a mistakenly call it a heat seeker but it's actually really 
more of an imaging infrared it, it uses kind of the heat contrast um rather than it, so it doesn't need like hot engine exhaust or something to hit something um granted in the most recent shoot down they said uh their first uh shot missed um but that was, that was kind of one uh breaking news that they had to use two missiles and uh not one um but you know, I mean that that stuff happens. No, no missile is perfect. You know, it can always if there's something a little wrong with with the guidance system or or something like that. You know, that that kind of stuff happens. So, so yeah, I mean, so we, it was eight, been able so it was eight hundred thousand uh, dollars, not four hundred thousand down this balloon. Yeah, so that's what have been. Well, okay, so so if we're talking, yeah, let's cost, cost it out. Let's it cost down, it I mean, out. Yeah. To, yeah. So um, in this case, uh, they used. Um, so they flew. Uh, they flew. So you have the two missiles that are like eight hundred thousand um, dollars. They have uh, the the F sixteen, which which costs maybe about um, you know I think twenty thousand uh, dollars an hour to fly. Um, and they use like multiple aircraft were involved. I think that uh, there is like a an, an AWACS, which is a big radar plane. I forget exactly what the the cost there is, but um, I'd I'd imagine it's it's not exactly low. So yeah, so when you're adding up uh, adding up the costs of all the um, of all the aircraft involved, the missiles, we're, we're probably looking at more than a million dollars to shoot it down. Now, I should also uh, give the caveat that. That the U.S. military has, like, we fly and we shoot missiles just regularly for training purposes. And I think this, you know, so this, this is probably stuff that's kind of already budgeted in. Um, it's like it's like the same issue with, with flyovers. It's like, well, they, they but they're flying for training anyway. And it's like this time they're just flying over over a stadium. So I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry too much about your your tax dollars being wasted. I think I think most fighter pilots would say they would rather be shooting down uh, uh, surveillance balloons as opposed to the training they normally do. Um, but it it could become an issue. You know, kind of going yeah, back yeah, to yeah. the to the the theory of like wasting missile. It could be be an issue hypothetically at some point. So it is something that. It is why I'd say we should develop like lasers or something that can that can do it down a, that can down a balloon much cheaper. Yeah, I'm with you. Look, the stories are priceless. Okay, um, no one's gonna no one's gonna be telling telling stories at the bar about their training runs, but um, uh, you know, Top Gun Super Maverick is gonna need some uh, some new enemies, and I think um, uh, I think we just generated them over the past few uh, the past few days. Um, uh, there's been some interesting reporting about the sort of Chinese balloon industrial complex. Uh, can you talk a little about what, what we've learned so far? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there is a, a recent article about this, um, you know, Chinese like balloon scientist who had been working on this. Uh, Professor Wu has been working on this for, you know, about two decades and like has been involved with a lot of the companies. Um, the U.S. has has actually sanctioned a number of, of companies like kind of in response to this incident that have been involved. And, um, you know, we're, we're looking at, I mean, I, you know, private companies, academic institutions. I mean, there's a lot of I, I, I think there's a lot of stuff that that the Chinese are putting into this and kind of developing um, this this technology. I mean, when you think of when you think of what goes into it, there's there's yes, there's building the balloons themselves. There's the sensor packages that they involve. There's uh, you know kind of getting like the weather data for for uh, for the winds up in up in the stratosphere. Um, and uh, you know the Chinese 
they see this they they've been talking about this for a while as a as a domain right like they see what they call near space as kind of that area from 20 kilometers in altitude up to about like 100 kilometers uh they they see that as as almost like you know air land sea space as like a separate kind of domain and it's it's something that that militarily they are they're very interested in and uh and and do do want to want to uh, exploit it for uh, for for a multitude of reasons but uh but military reasons is definitely one of them um yeah i wonder all those entity listings if it's like they just read the tags on the on the on the balloon when they um uh, when they when they um uh, you know, I, I wonder if those entity listings are just them sort of like reading the tags after they fished out the balloon um, or because, yeah. you know, that was a pretty fast turnaround. Um, or maybe there was something brewing on this already. And this kind of goes back to my other theory that, um, in fact, this has been something that they've been watching for a while and maybe, you know, putting these companies on entity lists. Like, I can't imagine there's a lot of American technology or tech transfer going to Chinese balloon manufacturers to begin with. So um, perhaps it was more of a, um, uh, I don't want to say performative, but more um, uh, demonstrative, uh, uh, right. you know, more of a signaling action that um, uh, something that they, uh, the U.S. government really expects is going to materially degrade Chinese balloon performance. Yeah, well, I'm also just not sure, like, the extent to which we which we can i mean i mean you compare it with like the chip export controls where the u.s has so much leverage over that supply chain uh and at least for the balloons themselves like okay it's like polyethylene like could we cut them <laughs> off from that but probably not uh i i don't know too much about the supply chain i'm gonna guess no uh i gotta guess the other things like that that helium uh yeah we are the we are the world's largest helium uh uh, producer actually but but we're far from the only one so i don't i don't think we could cut them off from that either uh so i don't i don't know any consider like again a lot of this is dual use do you do you like do you sanction do you blacklist everyone who's making like weather balloons again it's like that technology like, like that kind of stuff is very similar if they're doing like balloon internet like what uh google was was doing do you, is that is that it i mean i mean i think really um our uh, our ability to 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 like you know to really hurt like the balloon industrial complex as you put it i think is the the one thing is is um when it comes to ai i think because there is that kind of ai balloon technology uh, when it comes to you know navigating the winds and that that stuff is very advanced so we already have you know very strict rules on on the books or that are that are designed to kind of slow china's ai progress so i so i think there that's something that probably has an effect but but we've already you know we've already kind of uh We've already used that tool, so yeah. I mean, there hasn't been a ton of like. I don't think this is didn't do much. Yeah, I mean, I think like coming down the pipeline, there's this idea of some sort of algorithmic regulation around uh, AI and software, and uh, I, I you got to imagine that whatever that line is going to be, it's like for use in, and then they'll have like twenty different fields, like. Yeah, b- balloon balloon might get thrown on there. Um, given given the past few um, uh, uh, oh my god, days of um uh, of uh, developments. Um, you know, Russia produces thirty percent of the world's helium. There's probably enough between the two countries to fill up some balloons. Um, not the greatest choke point, I would imagine, but uh, 
you know, it's important. It's good. You gotta, you gotta cover all your, all your bases here. Just like a little riff from me on what I think this means for U.S. China relations. Um, the, mm-hmm. the political reaction in America to this story. I mean, yes, it's like funny and, uh, it has a visual attached to it. Um, but it's been really remarkable to me just how up in arms, um, the sort of media and political class has gotten with respect to this. And I think sort of that is more illustrative than anything of just how hard it will be for anyone to try to change the direction or trajectory of where U.S.-China relations are heading. And it made me, um, you know, whether or not uh, this is this sort of freak out is justified, it did make me a lot more pessimistic than I had been before. Um, after coming out of the Bali meeting, um, where it seemed like the two countries were, uh, you know, or the two countries' leaderships at least were interested in potentially putting up some guardrails, doing like crisis communication stuff again, which has kind of been off um, offline for a little while, it seems, and, um, you know, really trying to put a floor on the relationship, which um, is not seeming less is seeming less and less in the cards um uh just given that uh given how freaked out folks have been about all of this and also you know there's the question of like yeah i mean it's still a mystery to me why china did this and it may have just been a fuck up and they had a balloon and it was 50 miles off the coast or whatever you know watching fighter jets um train and um, it ended up losing power or something, or there was some malfunction. Um, uh, that seems to me to be more plausible than just sending a balloon across America, um, particularly given the timing. But um, I don't know. Maybe we'll get some more color on it in um, episode three of Balloon Talk. Uh, final words, Will? What if it's like a garbage bag? Like, could it be a garbage bag? Just like hits the jet stream the right way. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure a garbage bag uh, would not would not uh, give any sort of like radar sig- or or any sort of signature that they could that they could tr- track. Um, but uh, but there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff up there that that could again look like uh, look like something else. And I'm just I just. Uh, I, I hope I hope we're we're restrained enough that that we don't end up end up wasting lots of money and lots of flight hours on on stuff that that isn't actually a threat and that we under we understand um, that hey like you can't you can't send F twenty twos up every si- like every yeah. single time there might be okay. something. Um, any advice you have, Will, for other like young aspiring weapons nerds? Um, you know, what made you, Um, what made you who you are? I guess, uh, I guess if I have any advice, um, I guess it's, it's don't, don't be afraid to embrace a a very niche, uh, topic. Well, do you have a top three? What would you, what do you want to read better papers on? Um, I mean, I'd, I'd, I mean, other than, other than balloons, um, I think, uh, um, one one thing, uh, I mean, undersea cables is is actually a big one. I I there I know of someone who uh, who who actually does know a lot about that stuff, and and you know that's stuff something that uh, definitely is important in um, in the you know given how like 
critical they are just for like the communications of the modern world and i don't think we've like fully uh kind of done enough work on like okay like what are the implications of like if you know countries were to like cut these cables and it's like how do we how do we you know stop them from doing that and stuff like that um another one i guess um uh reusable rockets is something i'd I'd be interested in uh in kind of the defense applications it's actually something i've been reading about uh the past uh, couple days like uh, I know, I know. There's been what? There's been a couple articles in War on the Rocks. I was like, what if we took like the SpaceX, like a version of the SpaceX like reusable Falcon Nine, and just just put warheads on it? I, I think there's issues with uh, with the the fuel <laughs> and and stuff like that that I think would would probably make that uh, that impractical. But yet, you, you never know with the with the way the technology goes. Um, so yeah, those are. Those are probably the uh, the two. Oh, underwater gliders, actually, another another big one uh, that that uh, gets what? some gets some attention. Um, there, yeah, um, it's it's basically these things that like, it's, it's, yeah, they essentially glide through the water, and you can get these like they can go very very far. It's very slow, but they can they can travel just insanely long, long distances that way. Yeah, so. Um, and some of them look autonomous. like torpedoes, and some of them actually look like gliders. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a there's a website I think called uh, some I think called Shrikepod that that's like talked about this uh, a lot. Well, Cam, thanks so much for being a part of China. This is your captain. Of course, thank, thanks Prepare for having for me. Takeoff. Now, cut it right there now. 
Across the sky 